It's the Connor Happer Show. Are we sure we want to do this? Uh, could you, like, make an announcement that we're ready? It's the Connor Happer Show on 1620 The Zone. All right, good morning, and welcome in. Happy Thursday. It's the Connor Happer Show on 1620 The Zone and on 1620thezone.com. Connor Happer, Josh Hudson with you. Good morning, all basketball fans. Basketball's canceled, right? We're going to baseball now. Baseball. That's why I'm wearing my Storm Chaser shirt today. P's and C's next week. Yep, you got your Iowa Western shirt on, which is pretty much stock for you. Yeah. How much Iowa Western gear do you have, dude? Uh, well, I'm. it works out because I can't afford clothes. Right, so. which, I, which I completely support. Like, yeah. you know, if, 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 if a team that I work for is outfitting me, yeah. you know, you bet. I'm, I'm, in I'm there. sure everyone on the stream has noticed basically 85% of my winter wear is uh-huh. Iowa Western gear. Uh-huh. What that, about spring wear? Spring wear, I, I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to buy a t-shirt, but hoodies are expensive. Yeah. Anything well, with sleeves. So if yesterday was March 29th, what's today? We got sun, we got a little wind, we got 51 right now, high of 55. I mean, did we go back to like mid-March or are we or we just a day further now? Are we on to March 30th well, well nobody agreed with you that i know you, nobody agreed with me on so many things yesterday yeah, so many obvious things it's very very odd the, I, we, we got a we got a couple replies later afterwards on the dumb and dumber poll question they were like i can't believe the results here mm-hmm. shocking Shock. shocking stuff maybe is the way it was worded i don't know maybe you're trying to lead people in the wrong direction josh i'm gonna blame you for i this. did say obsessed and I don't know who is obsessed with Dumb and Dumber in Year of Our Lord 2024. Well, turns 30 this year. Maybe that's just us or me. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but welcome to the show. No crossover today. But if there would have been a crossover, it was powered by Everlevel Concrete Repair in Omaha at everlevelconcrete.com. Everlevel. All right. We got uh, stuff to talk about from last night, obviously. Both uh, local basketball teams, blue and red, on the road and losing in um, not similar fashions in terms of the way the games played out, but in similar fashions in the way that they were both beaten, I think, right? Offensive rebounds and turnovers are the stories for both Creighton and Nebraska last night as they uh, went on the road and lost to Northwestern and Providence. Um, we will talk about the Jays side of things with Jacob Padilla coming up at the top of the 11 o'clock hour. A lot to get into there. He was uh, burning the midnight oil past that with uh, D Marinas last night. They did like a two hour pod that started at 1230 last night. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not Padilla time, I don't know what is sickos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got, I didn't even have enough time. I got through like half of it this morning. It's just not enough time in the day. Um, but that's why we love them. That's the, mm-hmm. there are basketball sickos and they're, they're, they're always on top of things. Uh, Michael Brunts will join the show today in the noon hour. We'll talk about, we'll unpack some of the things that uh, Matt Rule had to say yesterday. And and then uh, uh, up pops a mini controversy where Nebraska has ruffled the feathers while Nebraska paired along with a certain college football personality has ruffled the feathers of SEC fans everywhere. Paul Feinbaum, how could oh. you do this to me? How could you do this to me, Kirk Herbstreit? Uh, we will get into that and plenty more during the show today. Uh, Mackenzie Nelson, uh, TV reporter, KSHB in Kansas City. has been in Vegas all week, and uh, she's covering the Super Bowl this weekend. 
So we'll talk about the Chiefs side. And then also, I, I think with, because we'll have a 49ers person on tomorrow. Correct. Um, Like the first half of it is going to be, so what's the week been like? You know, the Vegas Super Bowl. I think that's, obviously, we're starting, we're starting to sort of transition into the game now. We're starting to transition to football stuff. But really, the biggest story of the week has been the fact that the Super Bowl is in Vegas. Um, and not a, not a lot of, like, crazy stuff has come out of that. Maybe not as, as wacky as we might have, you know, sort of imagined, I think, going into the week. Or disastrous as we might have imagined going into the week. Um, but it's, it's certainly a story in and of itself as, as uh, the Super Bowl takes over Vegas. So we'll talk to McKenzie at the top of the 1 o'clock hour. And... Uh, I, I got to tell you this about Vegas. Like, I would not recommend to anyone on planet Earth to stay in Vegas for more than four days. And so this is this is a bit extreme, you know. This is where the fatigue sets in. This is where you got to lean back on your training a little bit, you know, and say, all right, come on. I could grind through this. I could power through this. We got three days left. We're over the hump at this point. Let's let's actually get get me to the Super Bowl. Get me to the game. We haven't talked about Usher all week either. Usher. Yeah, he's he's gone under the radar. Under the radar. He's yeah. gone under the radar with the uh, with the Super Bowl part of this and a special appearance from Josh's best friend Frank Caliendo today at noon, where um, we'll catch up a couple of old friends. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just uh, we'll just chop it up with him for a little bit. I, I, that's kind of like the first question is like, how do we do this? How do we, how do we make you do a whole bunch of impressions in four, in four minutes? Yeah. Are you just a, like a, you know, is this just like a piano bar sort of thing or do we, do we talk to you? So I went back and I watched a bunch of interviews with him last night and that's, that's basically how it goes. Usually he kind of just gets into that part of it, but if, and, and he'll, he'll be with us next month at the beginning, at the very beginning of March, because he'll be in town at the funny bone and the the stand up is not really that like the stand up is not go him going through a whole bunch of okay. impersonations that he does it's like it's stand up and then obviously i don't think he can help himself sometimes he kind of just like throws himself into it yeah so, is that the finisher for him or does does a stand up set end with a bunch of impressions back to back to back is they're is, just is kind it, of like sporadically yeah. tossed in there for 3 seconds at a time <laughs> um so we'll dive into that with uh, Josh's best friend frank coming up you'd think i know you you'd think i would know how his act works since you would my think best friend. you yeah. would think you guys are on such a great terms mm -hmm. such a great relationship so uh that is the lineup powered by the referees at john higgins weather guard if you want to get in touch with the show we would encourage you to do so thoughts on the hoops from last night thoughts on officiating thoughts on play-by-play -play guys thoughts on um celebrations taunting things of that nature Thoughts on how difficult it is to win at uh, Welsh Ryan Arena in Leicester, Chicago State. You know, it's a house of horrors for basically everybody, everybody. except for Chicago State. So uh, we will we will dive into that during the show today. But please get in touch. 402-951-1620 on the 42 Degrees, the source hotline. We are we're kind of open this hour. So whatever wherever we want to go before we dive into our guests. Uh, you could also text that number 402-951-1620. Twitter at Happer Show at Connor Happer on the JTech Construction Zone Twitter feed. You can email. You're encouraged to. Connor at 1620thezone.com. Josh O at 1620thezone.com on the Equitable Bank 
Zone inbox. And of course, we say good morning to our uh, YouTube watchers today. YouTube watchers, YouTube commenters, of which there are none right now. Usually someone will, some. there are watchers, there are just no commenters. Usually by now there's somebody who's been like, first, second, Third. hello, yeah. hi, good morning guys, hello, good morning Connor Josh Odson and Connor Happer. Yeah. yeah, so none of that right now, but it's, it's early. Pretty We're, quiet, it was a late night last night for many. <laughs> it was, it was. And I, I, all I, all I do after I get done watching whatever sports are on during the week, I just, I just rip off like six episodes of Seinfeld. <laughs> I, I'm on, I'm, back, I'm on the Seinfeld kick right now, Josh. I, I, I throw them. I, yeah. Marissa Tomei's on the Today Show today. I've never watched that show in order for a, for like stretches of seasons. N- never done it. Okay. But it, it's, you know, people always say, like, oh, you could pick off one episode of the, at a time and it's still funny. And that is true. But you do, it does build off itself a little bit. It, 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 you co- sort of have to keep the, track. Okay. What's the deal with Jerry and Elaine right now? You know, and oh, here's a callback to Uncle Leo and the wallet and the watch and, and stuff. Like, you know, so I've, I've found myself enjoying that. Anyway, that's what I do after about 11 o'clock. At night, if anybody was ever wondering about that, uh, we have. Um, what are we jumping into first, Josh? I mean, we got we got Nebraska basketball, we got Creighton basketball, we got Matt Rule talking yesterday, we got Kirk Herb Street, we got conspiracies. The Super Six is out. Mike Vrabel to Wisconsin. Mike Vrabel to Wisconsin, apparently informally via a Pete tweet just a few moments ago. Just. Just informally. Wisconsin coach Luke Fickle tells ESPN he hopes his best friend. Info- what a weird, what an oddly worded <laughs> announcement. Josh Odson, Frank Caliendo, handshake Luke Fickle and Mike Vrabel. Uh, Luke Fickle hopes that Mike Vrabel can be around in Wisconsin this year in an informal role. He'll invite him up to observe part of spring practice and go from there. So if you're what apparently he's not too intimidating for Wisconsin. Hmm. Interesting. That was via the uh, the Pete tweets. Well, with all the dairy in Wisconsin, they grow them big up north. Of course, they're all big, mm-hmm. so that's that's just the way it goes. All right, let's jump into let's do let's do Creighton last night first. So I said yesterday on the show that, and it was, this was lar- largely based on the first matchup between these two teams, that Josh Oduro was a pretty bad matchup for him against Ryan Kalkbrenner. He was he was a good matchup for Kalkbrenner. That would that would come out positive. Uh it did not last night according to the scoreboard as Oduro was 12 of 24 from the field, dropped it played all 40 minutes and dropped 32 last night against Ryan Kalkbrenner. I but before you know, before we cuz I one of the spin-offs of that conversation is always, oh, well, Kalkbrenner's soft, right? Kalkbrenner's soft. Well, first of all, you have to understand Kalkbrenner's on the on the court for 40-plus minutes a game now, you know? So they they did something different with the backup five last night, and they brought in Trout, as I kind of thought that they were going to do, based off of the previously uh, mentioned Frederick King performance in the Butler game. So they, they, they changed some things up. I think they're looking for something there. We got a few good Jason Green minutes. A uh, couple his, big his offensive minutes rebounds. Were better than the Isaac Trout minutes. No doubt, no doubt about it, and, and no doubt about you know, you know those being better than the Fred King minutes. Yes, right now too. Um, but I like it, it's 
sort of similar to the story. I, Creighton could have done more last night than I think they were going to do against Butler on the night that they got Butler, right? So there's that piece of it. Obviously, you know, you're you're in overtime and it's a tough game on the road. I still cannot believe that Devin Carter pulled that 40-foot shot <laughs> with multiple seconds left in the shot clock, down by three, and I th- there was, what, still 14, 10, 14 seconds left in the game? It's like, usually, the, 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 the common wisdom is, let's just, if, if we don't get the last shot, that's fine, but let's kind of initiate what we're going to do out around you know, 8, 10, 11 seconds, somewhere around there. And they were like, all right, cool. Devin Carter was like, all right, cool, I'll initiate this. I'll shoot it from half court. Bang. And make it. I still can't believe he made that shot, which led to Creighton getting a possession at the end of regulation that ended in Stephen Ashworth getting absolutely hammered on a floater from the free throw line. I tweeted it. It was one of the screenshots that I used today in my We Are Doing a Radio Show picture at Connor Happer on Twitter. I mean, this has now happened to Ashworth at least two times this season where he gets absolutely smoked on 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 shots close <laughs> to Yeah, look at that. He's look at that. He's parallel to the floor. Yeah, and the guy's elbow is out like it's the whole thing. And um uh, he's it's it's happened so it happened to him in the Seton Hall game mm-hmm. where he actually made the runner high off the backboard. I think that was to get it to overtime or get it to the second overtime, whatever that all that all smashes together at this point. But it really should have been an and one because he got absolutely crushed. Um, I don't understand how Ashworth, of all people, who's the tiniest guy on the court, cannot get these calls when he absolutely gets gets smoked and, and ends up on the ground every single time. I don't understand that. And then they went to overtime and made a couple big shots there. And, you know, ultimately Creighton didn't have enough to get over the get over the hump last night. But, you know, you had you had Devin Carter and Josh Oduro and, you know, down the stretch second half and then in overtime, they kind of just won. You know, they like they they beat Trey Alexander and they they beat Ryan Kalkbrenner. Right. And that's that's kind of what Creighton is. That's the gamble that get that generally Creighton is willing to live with. Because more times than not, it's going to be at least one-to-one in that scenario. And probably, you know, you feel like you have a pretty good perimeter defender. And then, obviously, you have, you know, one of the best general defenders in the country in Ryan Kalkbrenner's shot alter. And he's oversized over a Duro a little bit. But then they they just made shots. And so I want to be like, well, there's only so much you can do in those situations. Obviously, with the Carter thing, with the Carter shot, at the end of regulation, I there's really only so much you could do in that scenario. Um, Baylor was hot until he wasn't. Now he has now C- Carter. He did. He made that same shot in Omaha. He ma- he made the same shot in Omaha, and I'm, and I'm like, how is this? What what is going on? So maybe the right answer on how to defend Devin Carter, who's I, I you know for my money, he's got the whole team on his back right now. And it's probably the Big East Player of the Year. Um. Like, maybe the right move with him is to just pick him up at half court and not allow him to do things like this anymore. So maybe there's a little bit more wiggle room there for Creighton and what they could have done. But I I still think generally Creighton did mostly good things on the defensive end. 
They gave up 13 offensive rebounds, you know, and they turned the ball over too much in the second half. And this will be the same line of of things that we go back to in, in the Nebraska game when we talk about it here in just a second. And then there's the officiating part of it, which I, 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 pull, I had those foul numbers. Um, gosh, I wish I would have pulled those up before the show. Fouls per game. Josh, if you could look that up for me real quick, like team fouls per game. Um, so, so the point is Creighton doesn't foul a lot. Providence, just anecdotally from watching them all year, they feel like a team that does foul a lot. And they, you know, they they were being pretty physical last night with Creighton, and they only got called for 11 fouls the entire game. Creighton, number one in the country, 11.3 fouls per game. Providence? Uh, Providence is... Oh. I assume that they foul quite a bit. I would assume they foul quite a bit. They're on. They're probably on the second, third, or fourth page. Sixty eighth in the country. Okay, that's better than I thought. Fifteen point six. Fifteen fouls a game. They, they they called them for eleven fouls last night in a very physical game, and I think one one of them was like an intentional. You know, Creighton one point four fouls per game, better than any other team in the country. Miami is number two. And it doesn't always work itself out like that. But, I mean, generally you can count on Creighton to be really consistent in the fouls category, like the fouls the fouls that they fouled category, because they they play the same style of defense every night. Their whole point is to get people funneled into Kalkbrenner and drop down and not foul. They don't, they don't send anybody to the free throw line. Like Josh said, number one in the country, they were called for 14 fouls last night. That's, that's a normal number for Creighton. Right, it's bonus in both halves if you average it out. I know there was overtime, um, but for for Providence to get called for only eleven was I don't know pretty pretty surprising to me, and it kind of went one by one. We talked about the Ashworth one. There was one where Cockbrenner just got like completely pulled down underneath, and it's like, eh, n- no, thank you. It got a little wacky. It got a little out of control. But that's life on the road, I guess, in the Big East. I I, I hate to chalk it up to that. It, falls under that umbrella it falls into that category so you're not you're not worried about this team at all oh no no it sounds like oh um uh, that seems too broad okay okay (laughs) that that seems too broad i guess we could dive into that a little bit i have serious doubts they can get out of the first weekend okay at this point it's obviously dependent on matchup and all, well, all those sort of things. There is a case to be made based on what they have on the remainder of their schedule that they're that things could slip to the point where you're headed to Madison Square Garden and you only are the owner of 18, 19 wins. You know they have they have sixteen right now. Their about their back five of their schedule is very difficult with UConn, St. John's on the road, Seton Hall at home, Marquette on Marquette at home, and Villanova on the road. Gauntlet. Um, I think this game on Saturday all of a sudden becomes gigantic. Providence, if you're looking at it in a two game road swing sort of window, where Prov- you go to Providence and Xavier for this week, um, Providence was the quote unquote easier one. Yeah, out of the two. So Creighton obviously struggled with Xavier. At, at home and that's a that's a really really good basketball team it's going to be very tough to beat them on the road on Saturday and so you could sort of math it and 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 figure out how it works down the stretch here and there's only one win that's really given in there and that's Georgetown at home so I mean yeah I I know I, I mean 
worried from a from a resume perspective and from like how it might set up from seating in the in the tournament. Yeah. From a basketball from a basketball deal, um I I still am a little uh, I'm still I'm still quite comfortable with kind of where where they're at right now. Their offense is finally coming, right? Their their offense is finally there. Yeah. They've now put two you know, back-to-back defensive games up on the board against Butler and Providence where the outputs don't look very good. So, I, I mean, you know, each game is its own sort of so, sort of bullet point, I guess. But no, I it, it it would be inaccurate to say like no, just whatever. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not worried about them. No, I okay. I, I don't okay. think that's the case at all. One more thing before we get to triggered, Bob. So you guys were watching along on FS2 last night. You noticed that there were broadcasters there. Yes. Or maybe you didn't after a while. <laughs> maybe maybe you turned it over to John Bishop. I am very forgiving. All right, cuz as as a bro- as as a as an author of many bad broadcasts. Okay. Right? I I am responsible for bad broadcasts every single day on the radio. And I'm I never this is people have way shorter of a leash on this than than I do because I see people all the time say I have to shut this off. I can't do this anymore. I I'm I'm not so much a homer that I watch a game and be like this guy's obviously slanted toward the other team like I can't I can't do this anymore. I got close last night. I don't know what they were talking about. I don't know what they were talking about. Um, and I, you know, there was one specifically where I was sitting there watching and there were, it was, it was a Shireman shot in overtime, which was initially called a three. And then they went back and reviewed it and called it a two. And they were like, yeah, there's no doubt about it. That that's, that's definitely a two. That's definitely a two. That's definitely a two. I'm like, definitely seems strong. Definitely seems strong. I could see where they would, you know, it review was, it and turn it over definitely seems strong. It was a two, but we needed to zoom in on the foot, and uh, that was an incredibly blurry photo. And we and they didn't have the Zapruder film. They didn't have the right angle twice <laughs> when they looked at it. It was like, oh yeah, no, 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 no. Don't worry about this. This is good. And they're very excited when Providence things happened <laughs> in the game. I don't, I don't, I, I don't do this very much, but that one was. That was a tough hang. And I don't even begrudge Donnie Marshall at all, you know? I don't know. Dave Sims is a really good broadcaster. He's the play-by-play voice of the Seattle Mariners. He's done a couple Big East games this year. I don't know what he's looking at. Dave Sims, East Coast guy from Philly. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not sure. I, the one thing that I do like is when he calls Farabello Farabella. <laughs> so... Just had to get that one off real quick. We got a couple emails, a couple texts and tweets that I want to get to. Uh, but phone eats first. Let's go to Triggered Bob on the 42 Degrees Source Hotline. Hi, Bob. Hey, Hop. Uh, don't want to even get into the Nebraska ball. It's just really salt in the wound at this point. But uh, maybe I'll look forward to the Super Bowl here with my question. Um, I'm triggered that 49ers fans are triggered when people say that Brock Purdy is a good quarterback. I think he's a fine game manager, but he's definitely not even a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I mean, you saw it when 
he got hurt for maybe, uh, I don't know, the last five minutes of the game. They threw in Sam Darnold, who hasn't seen the field in God knows when. And he did fine. I mean, he's not even a top 10 player on his own team. I just don't see how he got an MVP vote. Yes, the stats are awesome, but we have to kind of look at the whole picture. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, let's say you. Thanks, Ab. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. We got we to gotta say random Bob. Random Bob. We got to say random Bob. Uh, uh, that's something we might get into a little bit later on the show. I feel like we're on a Creighton roll. I feel like we we're talking about basketball. We're going to talk about Nebraska in a second. Don't worry. Somebody had to go first. We'll we'll get into the Super Bowl stuff. Um, so, so just just put an earmark on that one. Brock Purdy, is he a top 10 quarterback in the league, and are you can, triggered about Niners fans talking about that? Can I just clarify the stance of Random Bob before we move on? Sure. He's triggered that Niners fans he's triggered that think he's a top 10 quarterback? Yes. I believe that is the, that is the take. Okay. I mean, they're going to cape up for their guy, but we'll we'll get it. We'll get into it later. We'll get into it later. <laughs> Maybe we can discuss it with Frank Caliendo. <laughs> uh, Happer's Beam guy writes in on the text line. Pull question: Is Ryan Cockburner good or is he just tall? Oh, the age-old question. Oh, what are you sighing for? What are we talking about? He's good. People have to adjust their brains to this new age big man. The new age seven footer, where he's not. He's one of the most valuable players in the country. He's not in the country. He's not going to put his butt into you and back you down across the paint. He's part of the draw of Ryan Kalkbrenner. It's and I think this is where the rub is with people. Like it's 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 an offshoot of what you were just saying. Like he is not. He he is not a traditional. He's not a Dama Sanogo, right? He's not going to just bully ball his way back up against you. The draw of Cockbrenner, especially against all these bigs in the Big East that are kind of like that. Although the Big East bigs are certainly way more diverse right now than they than they ever have been. There's guys that you know you think of like Aduro and and Igadaro who are undersized, but they could do stuff athletically in the paint and shoot the floater and you know back down and facilitate and stuff like that. Like Kalkbrenner is unique in the sense that he is a not u- unique for basketball, but unique from what you what you're used to, I guess. In that he's a he's a rim protector, he's a shot blocker, and Creighton has built their entire defensive identity around his skill set. They 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 are they are only what they are because of him. And so part of the so part of the draw of Ryan Kalkbrenner is that yes, sometimes I, I, this is the takeaway from the draw. The takeaway is that sometimes players are going to be able to back their way up against him and they'll be able to score on him if they're crafty enough. That is a thing that Creighton is willing to accept because he, is he number one, can be on the floor all the time because he's never in foul trouble. I can count the games. I can count the Kalkbrenner foul games on, like, one hand that he's that he's had to take a seat before the – you know, eight minute mark of the first half. Do it because go. he's picked up two fouls. Like it's it's just I think there was one in the NCAA tournament last year. Like it's just he's so like you said, Josh, he's just sort of different. But the draw about him is that he's always on the floor, and so you don't have to change your identity of who you are defensively 
because he's always there. He he exists, right? And Creighton is willing to live with the idea. It's, you know, first half is a great example of this. Oduro Oduro was making shots. Let's see if I go to the if I go to the first half visitor or uh, no home first half. Um, Oduro was five of thirteen. He got fifteen points on thirteen shots, and he made and four of those were free throws. That is something that Creighton is simply willing to live with. Five of thirteen. You're shooting less than. You're shooting less than fifty yeah. percent against against Ryan Kalkbrenner. That is something that Creighton is willing to 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 live with. And then you know the the downside is they continue to go at him and they continue to go at him, and it, it comes down to a couple possessions late, and they're still taking those shots, and sometimes they go in, right? And Oduro was certainly a lot better in the second half at getting to to where he wanted to get to. Sometimes they, you know, he doesn't get a lot of fouls called him called against him. In some regards, not only because he has the size advantage over everyone, he's able to block the shots the way he does, but also because he, he's hard to move. He's difficult to move as well. He's he's always kind of straight up and down. So you want to go at him, and you want to take your shot at just crafting your way into a bucket around the hoop. Like I said, you have to understand, Creighton is simply willing to live with that. They just are, and I know I know uh, uh, Happer's meme guy on the text line was sort of just like trying to trying to trigger me. Success, <laughs> great great success by you. Text Thanks, from, Happer's meme guy. Text on the four hundred two. Hi four hundred two. Uh, because that Big East crew of refs watched the ball and not the and not the players. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Back to the officiating. Yeah, I mean, once again, it's there's. There's a lot of physicality in the league. There, it's it's it, and it's a lot of times the games are close, and they, I, I, like it's amazing that if you compare the two Ashworth plays to the Nemhard Elite Eight game last year, that Creighton has end up ended up on the wrong side of those all three times. If you want to call the Nemhard one a foul, great, you're welcome to. Fine, well then. Ashworth getting full-on tackled twice in late-game situations, also a foul. The whole point is that, like it or not, under the last 10 seconds, generally guys are going to be allowed to play. That's how I've always thought that how it worked. That's always how I've thought how it worked, Josh. And in that case, it was in the Elite Eight game, it went the other way. And in the other two times, they allowed him to play even though the guy got tackled to the floor. The one at Seton Hall and the one last night. Big East basketball, physical. I, it's, it's, it's less, I just, you Bully know, you want to see some consistency. Broad in that Street regard. Bullies. Um, let's see. Uh, from the 202. Hi, 202. IDK, man. This is on Kalkbrenner. <laughs> he can't back people down, can't pull up from three, gets 43 points, dropped in the paint last night, so obviously not a great rim protector. But, yeah, like, he's, like you said, he's so good. All right, so once again, if if we're not willing to start from the place of Ryan Kalkbrenner is is good, then we can't talk. Like we we just can't. We we're not going to be able to get on the same level. We're 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 not. We're just not going to be able to get there. You don't know ball. You, Whoa. You. I'm I'm just going to say it. You don't know ball. If you don't know. If you don't understand the effect that guy has in the game, you don't understand. You you just don't get it. And and like Creighton is built there whole thing 
on funneling shots into him. It's not like he blocks shots at an unbelievable rate. He affects shots. He makes people move in different directions. He makes he makes going the putting the ball into the basket harder. Point blank. Period. He just he does defensively. If we're if we're talking about defensive Ryan Kalkbrenner here, and it, and if you know, and and so what teams have tried to do is they've tried to exploit the idea that Creighton is going to their vulnerability is inside the three-point line and outside of the restricted area. They've tried to exploit that idea to to some success. But once again, if Creighton is defending that, if those are quote-unquote tough twos, it's something that you that you're just going to have to live with. Because you can't you can't have all of them. Rim protection, running people off the three-point line and guarding the tough twos. So like it's you, you you're not that complete. They're not that complete of a team. Everybody's got warts. Everybody's got holes. I don't think anybody, based on their defensive scheme, is just able to guard everything that well, right? So, I don't know. Obviously still some season left to play, but he is career high in points per game. uh, About, it would have been, I guess, his sophomore year, averaging for rebounds about the same. Uh, blocks the same as his sophomore year. Like he's he's doing what is ex- expected of him. Yeah, I can't believe we're having this conversation. This, this is not this is not the thing from last night's game. If you want to if you want to if you want to tell me that he's on the floor too much and they got to figure out figure something else out, then you know just in the minutes where he's not on the floor, then great. But it's not it's it's not really it's not really about him. It's. <laughs> It's 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 not about him. Trey Alexander went, you know, if you look at Trey, uh, he went three of seven uh, in the second half. You know, he lost to Devin Carter in the second half last night. And Kalkbrenner, you know. He lo- disappeared for stretches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because cause Baylor was hot and. Ashworth was going. Yeah. Ashworth was going fine. Right, so I don't, I don't know. It's it's tough to hang a loss on one player. I don't like that's not what we're doing here. But, um, you know, the guy pulled up from forty feet and shot the three pointer with twelve seconds left in the game, and and got it to overtime. And then on the other side, your guy got smashed to the ground on a running floater with three seconds, with one second left on the clock. You know, sometimes it doesn't break right for you. And that's not to say that Creighton didn't do anything wrong last night. They did plenty wrong. But, you know, in those in those key moments, two less than 50-50 plays went against him. That's how the cookie crumbles, Ooh. as what's-his-name from Bruce Almighty would say. <laughs> Bruce. All right. Uh, any more thoughts on Creighton, please send them our way. Let's talk about Nebraska next because we're uh, this is basketball hour until we get into guest rest of the show. Basketball hour and then guest rest of the show. We'll talk about the big red from last night. Is Casey Tomanaga any good? Casey, yes, Casey. Doesn't feel so good, does it? Casey Tomanaga getting mocked by Northwestern basketball players last night. That and more next on 1620 The Zone.